Hello and welcome into an impromptu emergency, I don't know what we want to call it, <laughs> edition of the Emerald Sports Podcast. My name is Shane Hoffman. I'm joined by Gabe Ornelas. Gabe, so, we just uh, watched Oregon uh, go into Corvallis, riding high, uh, the, the highest ranked Pac-12 team in the nation, standing at number 15. They leave Corvallis, not only with a 41 to 38 loss, but largely without their dignity. This is a game <laughs> which uh, Oregon got kind of manhandled up front again, which is kind of what we hit on last time we talked here on the podcast. Um, very, uh, what's the word? I guess symbolic, symbolic way for them to lose when you look at their season overall. Um, emblematic maybe is the word. They kind of have a chance to stop them down there with a minute or two left uh it with Tristan Gebbia Oregon State marches down the field they get it um right up to the goal line and have multiple tries they eventually power it in it wasn't by a long pass play it wasn't because the offense choked up at the end although we'll get to Shuck and his interceptions in a second but this team just kind of crumbled there at the end you know what are your immediate takeaways yeah I mean like in a sense, we just kind of like just harked on it so many times. Like whoever is going to win in the trenches is going to win the game, and what happened? Um, Oregon State trailing, like goes into the fourth quarter and outscores Oregon twenty-two to seven, which is a huge margin in football. Like you score essentially three times, and you're probably going to win that quarter unless against you're the self-proclaimed fourth quarter program in Oregon. Yes, yes, exactly, and. I mean, just like we just kept talking about, like Oregon just couldn't really win in the trenches. And that's where they lost the game in the end where you got um, Oregon State down to, what was it, a, like a fourth and goal? And you're on a third and fourth. You can say, I've, I've seen a lot of people floating around that they think they got in on the original quarterback sneak before Gebbia got hurt. And then the, the refs are trying to push Oregon to the to the – playoff or whatever but either way I mean once you got it down in the red zone for or once Oregon State got down there I, I felt like and I think most people who have been watching this Oregon Ducks team felt like they wouldn't get scored on it was just a matter yeah. of when and how much time they'd have left yeah and I would totally agree with that we knew it was going to be more or less a shootout I don't think anybody thought it was going to be like a defensive matchup from kind of from just the things I've been seeing all week so I think that was kind of how everybody thought it was going to go and that's how it kind of ended up going so, I mean, when you think about it, like, it was just so, like, ideal of just what we kind of have been talking about and what people have kind of been talking about is, like, Oregon is riding this weird wave where they're just – they've had two solid games and they just went downhill last Saturday. And, um, um, and the Beavers, like, had a big game where they, where they buckled up and they won last game. So, this right. is what happened again. After having been close and yeah, back weeks, yep. They were down. They were trailing number 15, Oregon, who's essentially killed them the past 12 years. and Or not killed them, but, I mean, they've beat them for the past 12 years. Right. And now this is, this is just kind of the perfect storm is that they came in, they come in and show that, you know, we're this gritty football team who doesn't need all these, like, five-star athletes or four-star athletes to win a football game against you guys. And that's what they did. They've kind of built this team up from the past three, four years, and that's, you know – one of the most talented Oregon State rosters we've seen in the past, I'd say, four to five years. Yeah. Um, and you kind of talked about it. You're like, hey, if they can't tackle Jamar Jefferson or stop Jamar Jefferson, it's going to be a long day. And, and what was it a long day? 
And he finished the game with 221 rushing yards. 26, I believe, is what I have here. But, yeah, either oh, no, way, I, I think a it's, loss. I, yeah, so, I mean, um, it was a gain of 231, and um, it was a loss of five for, okay, for, go, yeah. for, for, a net of, for a net of 226 and two touchdowns. And he broke off the longest play that's been done against a Oregon team in some years, and that was um, 82 yards. First play was, of the game for Oregon State. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, just bu- and just busted straight open, and it just was just, it was just gone. So there's, yeah, there's so many things to talk about here. I think what we hit on here, the first thing is just the trenches. And if you're a Cristobal, I don't know what you say. You've got to be, I don't think necessarily furious at your players, but you kind of feel like that's a letdown for the program and what you've been building towards, especially in a year like this. Um, there's so many little things we can get into. Uh, just a weird game flow overall. You know, Oregon yeah. comes out eight plays, 77 yards, takes the seven-point lead. Jamar Jefferson comes back with that eight-two yard run, ties it up, and then it's another 11 plays, 93 yards for Oregon, and they're up 14-7. And you're kind of thinking, okay, they look good. Maybe that was a fluke, you know, rushing touchdown by Jefferson. They get up 21-10. You're like, all right, we can kind of see where this is going after that Devin Williams 60-yard, you know, touchdown. But then, I mean, it gets to 21-14, 24-13, excuse me. Um, at halftime, the Ducks, they played with a lead the whole game. And you say, okay, that's perfect because you're playing against a team that they don't really want to have to throw that much. You know, Tristan Gebbia threw 37 times, and I thought he actually had a really nice game. And we'll talk about him in a second. But you, you think with a team that wants to run the ball so much, if, if you get up early, you've you got to close it out. And not only did they not close it out, but they're up. They're up two scores in the second half. Then it's just one, but they just can't score. Then they get up again, and they give up another touchdown. And this is more, you know, I think the they scored – Oregon State scored 41 points, and they hadn't scored more than 28 in any other game. This Oregon Ducks defense, we talked about this as well. It had been underwhelming. Uh, tonight it was just straight-up porous, honestly. There's no no other way to, to kind of say it. Um, I guess the run defense, if you had to target one thing for Oregon, but it seemed like all over the board, I don't know, you know, they had the fog too. Like, yeah, if you it was hit us, like, what are the other, yeah. It, I mean, like just watching the game, I remembered like, um, I remember I was, I was sitting on my parents' couch and I turned to my dad and I was like, this is just a really weird, like, vibe for a game like there's the fog one of those um, weird rivalry games and, <laughs> and poor espn silent reporter shelly smith was literally just like the kid from the christmas story where he's oh, outside God, bundled yeah. up and like and like just close from head to toe and then you know the two um and then the two guys who were calling the game were just at home and they're which warm, was weird they didn't have energy. yeah no yeah it was weird from them yeah it was it was weird to send one person for ESPN down there to be a silent reporter. Like, just do that from a like from the booth or something. Don't. Yeah, you'd think you'd want the commentators there. Yeah. So, but I mean, in that in that just essence, like it was it was just weird, like kind of weird game because you know it wasn't as foggy to start, but then like as the game went on, it was just dense and you can just see it getting lower mm. and lower and lower and lower. What effect do you think that had realistically? Um, I don't know because when you because when you watch from like TV. It, it looks like it has a huge major impact. But then when they go down to kind of field level, like it looks like it's kind of clear, but I guess right. you don't like have a sense of how low it is. Yeah. Um, there's no, there's I, no question it impacts throwing deep and tracking the ball deep. Yeah. 
Charlie I mean, sent Charlie sent me a picture. He's Charlie for uh, he's up in the press box or he was up in the press box there at Corvallis. And he sent me a picture and he couldn't see you know jack shit essentially. But you're right. Once you yeah. get on the field level, you could see a lot more. Yeah, and so, but I mean, you know, these players have played in rain before and in fog and in these kind of yeah. conditions, and I mean, they're used to the ball being a bit slippery and uh, things like that, and the um, and the turf for the grass. But I mean, I don't think they had any reason for their loss. Like, I don't like, I don't think they really had that many drop balls if they really had any, um, and they weren't really, you know, slipping up everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so, just in a sense, just a really weird game. And I mean, like we kind of said, like which game was Oregon going to lose? And I thought it was going to be UW. Um, and now they could be a two-loss team this year because, I mean, they could lose to UW. Um, but I guess we'll see where, um, where that goes. But right. in, in the sense of today is just kind of Oregon just kind of seemed like they were lacking a little bit. Like they kind of got out to a lead and they seemed like they were kind of cruising for a minute. They never seemed – they seemed competent, never dominant. Yes, exactly. And they didn't seem like they were like – they had that like we're going to just like – step on your throat like mentality like they just like they just kind of seemed they got up by like two or three and then they just kind of put it in neutral and just kind of coasted for like a little bit charlie was talking about that about how much shit they were talking pregame they were messing with oregon state players and going back and forth and jawing and they they come out in these high letter uniforms with the chrome helmets all fancy and i mean again like we talked last week they got just smashed in the mouth um i wanted to just quickly go back to the fog i felt like the it hit its peak right before halftime, and that's when Tyler Shuck threw his first pick, and I could see how that maybe had an effect there. But the the thing is that the fog went away completely, mm-hmm. I think, by the well, end of the third and then for the whole fourth quarter, and that's when Oregon State played its best football. So you can't blame the fog um, if you're Oregon. I mean, you shouldn't anyways, but even if you wanted to, you, it just doesn't make sense to. Uh, some other things that jumped out at me, Verdell, I think he got hurt. I'm not sure when he left. Um, only nine carries for 36 yards, but Travis died 12 for 93. Like they were able to run the ball here and there. Devin Williams with another hundred yard game. Um, we didn't see Pittman show up, but again, just not many standouts from that defense. Um, in the grand scheme of things, we talked about the playoffs. I said, I was skeptical last year. Oh, it's I a wrap. It's a wrap right. Well, it is a wrap now, Yeah. but I had said I was skeptical and this game again, kind of shows why it just, this defense, I think I can officially, I think we can officially say now that it just is not where it was, needs to be, um, anything like that. And I'm not sure they needed a longer offseason. Clearly, I'm just not sure where, where do you go from here if you're Oregon and what, what are the expectations now reset to? Is it, is it, is it wild to say that this was kind of like a rebuilding year? Is that kind of like, is that kind of like a weird thing to say? See, that's the thing, because I feel like it is a rebuilding year because they lost so many pivotal pieces. For any other program, you would think that that's what it would be labeled as. But this program, I mean, and it makes sense after last season and, and kind of the standard that Cristobal not only has set on, but, but pursues on a daily basis that it, yeah. maybe the, the perspective in the media is actually has actually been a bad thing for the Ducks. This hunt for the playoffs seems almost naive in a way. Like, I I never I, I thought you know if anything next year would be their year, right? Yeah, I mean I didn't but, necessarily understand how they were going to be a playoff team if you come into this year and you only really have eight games to play, and that's God giving they don't cancel any of them, which right. the rest of the Pac-12 are getting canceled. And then with tomorrow, you know, with um 
with even a top four with with even a top four program like the Buckeyes, like their game's getting canceled. And then if yeah. Michigan and Michigan State don't play, then they can't go to the Big Ten Championship because they don't have enough games to qualify. Exactly. So I mean, when you start to only give yourself eight games to essentially play a full season and there's a huge risk of one or two or three of those getting canceled and a huge risk of you losing, then how do you make the playoff? Like that, like like that to me doesn't make sense. And Oregon to me doesn't doesn't look 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 like a playoff team. And I'm not bashing them just because they lost Oregon State, but we said this already. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think they're ready. And that's okay. Like, you know, you come off a huge year and the media, of course, is gonna look to put a lot of faith in Chris Ball because he's proven them wrong and he built a I mean he built essentially a dominant program in two years or a year right and took them all the way to the Rose Bowl but you had a veteran quarterback in Herbert who had been there for a long time and who'd been through all this bullshit and through a lot of everybody else who'd been through a bunch of bullshit too in the past you know in their whole like four years um and that was a huge kind of underlying story last year was hey like how does it feel to kind of have some like second year just you know, just like some like second year team where you kind of know, like, you know, this is kind of what we're going to get for our second year in and not be like, hey, like, are we going to have a new coach? We're going to have a new coordinator. Is somebody going to leave? Is it going to be this carousel again? Um, so I don't want to destroy Oregon because they're obviously going to be extremely relevant as long as Chris Buck just continues to keep doing what he's doing. But it's okay to essentially rebuild through a year where you lost a lot of guys in your defense that you thought were going to carry your team yeah. And they're just not here. And that's, and that's, you know, that's fine. Cause it just, this has just been a weird year in general. I think so, that's a great point. Yeah, yeah. So I just don't think anyone is kind no of talked has, about it. Yeah. No one has come at it with that angle. I and mean, that includes, you know, us and our writers here at the Emerald, cause that's just what the perspective has been. But I think when you put it that way, you inevitably feel better if you're a fan. Yeah. Um, the, and, and, just, yeah and i mean there should be there should be no hard feelings towards towards right. towards Oregon if if, right. if if you're a fan because before crystal you were kind of in limbo you didn't know what you're going to get with taggart um helfrich fell off and then taggart's here for not even a whole season and then he leaves you guys and then he's like all right bye so then that happens and then you get crystal ball and then he comes in he loses the bowl game which that's not on him and right. then you know, you give him a year, kind of a kind of a weird, like wonky year, and then you give him a second year. He takes it to the Rose Bowl. He wins the Rose Bowl, and then he loses all these guys due to COVID, pretty much, because no one thought that you know there's even going to be a season. But yeah. I, but but I think fans and society and us as as just people are so stuck with what's going to happen right now, not with what's going to happen next year. And people want to see results. And I mean. You know, in the grand scheme of things, it's one game. They're not going to go to the playoff anyways. That was never going to be a thing, I thought. Um, the Pac-12 is too weak. They don't have enough games Especially to play. Especially since USC Colorado got canceled. Exactly. Which was and, the, and that's the biggest game to for be the, the South. Biggest game. That yeah. was, I mean, that was going to be the biggest game in the Pac-12. And they, and, and they have to replay that game. Like, they have yeah. to play that game. Yeah, because I, that I, essentially is going to... We haven't been sold on, on USC as it is. Yeah. Um, it's just so, weird. I think the thing for me is that you – and I don't want to go back to ch- and kind of overlap with anything we've already mentioned here, but, yes, you lose these guys in Graham, in Holland, in Breeze, in Herbert. I think Die is not being talked about nearly enough and somebody who lost. I know he didn't opt out. He just graduated, but oh my God, they miss a guy like that in the middle. Just a he's sure-handed huge. Tackle. He's huge, yeah. 
But you lose those three players on defense that are very talented people, talented players. That doesn't see it. The defense looks, it doesn't look like a defense needing one or two more playmakers, although that would help. It looks like a defense that needs a whole mentality um, redo. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, overhaul. They don't yeah. have, it doesn't seem like they have leadership. And Javon actually tweeted during the game. He said, I can't remember exactly what the words were, but he was just kind of um, the body language and, and the kind of the, the, he didn't like the juice of the defense essentially. I, I don't remember the exact words, like I said, but that's what it looked like to me is that they didn't have anyone out there that, that gave a damn really, um, even at the end there. And it's, it's so funny that back-to-back weeks, it came down to getting a defensive stop and they've been playing teams that aren't known for their offense and giving up colossal amounts of points which is so funny because entering the season, the defense was supposed to be the stalwart that kept this team together, even without those pieces. And lo and behold, even with the picks today, um, every week, and they put up 30, 38 points tonight, uh, every week they've been putting up the points. The play calling has been there for the most part. It's just the defense. You should be able to score 38 and win, you know? Yeah, so he said the more of the defense is inferior. Yeah, the morale. It's just – so. I mean, if you've got a guy who's been there for the past three years and who obviously is a leader on the defense, can see your defense kind of fading a little bit, then it's not good. You know? It's just weird to me because it seems like it's like replacing guys is not new in college football. Replacing leaders is not new. They've talked up all these guys. They talked up Verone on the back end. Um, they talked up Slade in the middle. You have the same D-line, which is what is crazy to me. It's, it's, and we talked about this. Scott, Fallu, KT are, in terms of the three main guys. And they've been getting blown back. I know the linebackers and safeties and whatnot haven't been tackling them, but they've just been being blown back. Tonight was an excellent example of that. Um, we talked briefly about kind of where you go from here if you're Oregon. Um, do you have any? Do you have any bold bold predictions or hot takes for Oregon as as the season kind of concludes the next two weeks here, assuming they play two more games? Santa Clarita, the State Farm Bowl. No, 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 I'm kidding. Um, I mean, or I mean, I mean, I mean, Oregon can still go to the Rose Bowl. Like they it's can true. still no, play. It's true. it's true. So I mean, Oregon that's what's funny. Is it be... feels like a, it feels like the season's done with six weeks in this in the season in, in its entirety. It feels like it's done because of the expectations. But as we said, maybe you need to reset expectations. Yeah, and uh, I mean, it's okay if you have a six week season to just kind of hey, chalk this one up as a weird season. You know, everyone's kind of going through it. Um, so, which is a huge factor absolutely yeah and I mean you can't play a full season you don't you don't have a full summer you don't even really have a spring at all or you don't you don't even have a spring so I mean it's it's okay just Oregon fans take a deep breath it's a six game season you're probably still going to win the Pac-12 you're probably still going to go to the Rose Bowl barring something crazy which could happen they could they could definitely um, lose to UW and you know yeah, that could be that, but um, maybe they're just all having a weird year. You know, it's hard to be nineteen, yeah. twenty, and play football and be in the middle of this pandemic and have no to question. go to school and all that stuff. So, um, it's definitely not anything that's easy to go through, and you have a lot of pressure on you to come come up every Friday or Saturday and to just deliver. Um, so it's okay if this happens. You know, I get for the seniors, it's not what they wanted, but. You know, this season isn't what anybody wanted or this year isn't what anybody wanted. So, um, 
Absolutely. So, I mean, but let's not take away from Oregon State. I mean, they came through for for the team, and, you know, we kind of heard from Charlie that it was – you heard just honking outside of the stadium and yeah, everybody's going yeah. crazy. He said it was their Super Bowl, which, I mean, shit, it makes sense. So yeah. it's – so it's, you know, but you can't take away from a program who's been the laughing stock of the Pac-12 for the past few years. And, you know, they get a big win um, and a win that they kind of, I guess, deserve in the sense they fought oh, back. They absolutely and, deserve that win. Um, and they kind of, I mean, they essentially just took the soul out of Oregon. I mean, if you look at that fourth quarter, you 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 go on a 22-7 to seven run in that fourth quarter. That's a huge flip of events for them because they look dead in the water until the end of the third like right. they're probably gonna like lose that game and then they wrap up 22 points yeah being a writer and a, and a journalist i want to sit here and say that that was like a, a programming defining quarter for one of these teams but, but we'd we, love to be corny as journalists we'd love right. to be corny as journalists right. let's just be honest <laughs> but if i've if we've really learned anything about chris ball in his brief time here at oregon it's that he demands excellence and I would be shocked if this loss really catapults Oregon's season I know they only have two more weeks I think they'll come out strong Um, and I think that's what I'd like to end on is just that I looking forward if I had to predict it I believe that Oregon wins out their last two games again I don't I can't predict what will happen in the postseason because we just don't have enough information we kind of hinted at that a little bit last week but I don't want to get into that again um so like I said I think that'll be it from us um I've been Shane Hoffman here with Gabe Ornelas uh stay posted we're going to be doing some basketball stuff soon with that's the both the men's and women's season around the corner the women are COVID tomorrow. doesn't get it <laughs> yeah that's right I mean the men's first game already got canceled because Eastern yes, Washington sir. had some cases the women are set to debut tomorrow so stay posted for some uh season previews and that'll be it uh for us here at the Daily Emerald Sports Network see you guys